We're rolling. Welcome to the House Dudes Podcast, where we invite you to follow us on our journey towards financial freedom using the power of real estate. I'm Jack Haas. And I'm Josh Koth. Here at House Dudes, we believe in a couple key principles. Number one, the best way to retain information is by teaching it to others. And number two, a rising tide lifts all boats. We're not competitors, we're a community. So let's get into some real estate investing. Well, I am going to cheat out on your name right off the bat and call you Gus. So I got Gus, <laughs> who is the CEO and founder of Power ISA. And I really appreciate your time. But if everybody wants more information before we kick things off uh, and follow along, it's powerisa.com. Uh, really appreciate your time, Gus. And for those who, um, you know, I told you I was going to, I'm, I'm brutal on, on, <laughs> on pronunciations. And we were joking around about my northern accent, but maybe you better give everybody your full name. And uh, because some people do reach out on, on LinkedIn. Okay. Yeah. Lo- love that. And, you know, appreciate that, Jack. And thank you for having me on the show. Uh, and the full name is Gustavo Munoz Castro. It's a little bit of a mouthful, a little bit of a mouthful, but uh, you're right. Most people just call me Gus. Uh, it's it's, a, it's a kind of a shorthand. Um, and, 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 and that's great. I really appreciate you joining us here today because uh, this type of topic is is something that is recurring and we want to uh, spend a little time on it. But first of all, we're going to step back from the very beginning and actually define what a ISA is. What is an ISA? Uh, great. Great, great question, Jack. So ISA stands for Inside Sales Agent. Some people will call it associate, agent, you know, you can change a little bit, but ISA's inside sales agent. And it basically is a term that describes an in-house person, like part of your team, who's on the phone doing sales from that position. And that can be outbound cold calling, but it can also mean inbound lead follow-up, nurturing, and conversion. That's what we mean by ISA. Sure. So let's let's start things off a little bit regarding um what, how how somebody would possibly use an ISA in real estate investing? You know, I've I've run into a lot of ISAs, uh, particularly around realtors and some brokerages in our area. Um, not a ton of people in my area use ISAs for real estate investing, but I know it's becoming extremely popular uh, throughout the industry right now. So, can you get a give walk us through an example? Okay, no, that's great. Great question. So one of the things that we do specifically for investors, and by investors, I'm using the wide net. I mean, wholesalers, flippers, buy and hold investors, investment companies that are looking for deal flow for their clients. So we work with a lot of different folks in kind of the investment niche. Um, and, and one of the main things we do, well, actually, we do two kinds of services for them. I'm, I'm going to go broad. Uh, one of them is, you know, good old fashioned cold calling, right? They have a list. It can be, you know, different kinds of distressed seller list. It can be a probate. It can be a notice of default. It could be a different kind of list that they generate. Um, and again, you guys know it's all about the list and list quality, right? And you can mm-hmm. use different methods to market to that list. You can do your good old mailers. I know you guys you talk a lot about that. Um, it can be online. It can be, uh, you know, uh, you can go door knocking, dialing for dollars. Um, another way to market to that list is calling them, right? Trying to match them up, uh, you know, skip trace them, trying to get some numbers attached to that address uh, or that person and give them a call, right? Mm-hmm. That's just another way of reaching out and trying to get in contact with these folks, qualifying them, uh, making sure they're a prospect and make, talking to them and making an offer. So, so that's just another way that we do that. That's that outbound 
uh, cold calling role. Mm -hmm. Another role, which is actually really relatively new, we didn't start doing this until about a year, year and a half ago, is the more and more uh, investors are, you know, a lot of them, a lot of them done, do a lot of online advertising through Google. That's been, you know, an investor tool mm -hmm. for a long time. Uh, but more and more are moving to Facebook. So that is a big piece of what we've been doing. Um, you know, the investors that are putting ads on Facebook, looking for motivated sellers on Facebook has become a pretty big part of what we do for investors. And when it comes to Facebook, it's really about, you know, reaching out right away, talking to the person, trying to get them while they're still on their phone browsing, right? right? They saw your ad, they clicked on it, you know, and nowadays on Facebook, if you click on an ad and send them your information, it doesn't even ask you name, email, phone number anymore. It just mm -hmm. sends them what Facebook has for, right. for you, right? It's instantaneous. Boom, it gets sent over. And we try to catch them while they're still on their phone. We'll, sure. we'll text them, we'll call them, and we want to have that conversation. Hey, you know, I saw you were interested in this ad. You know, uh, what's your situation? Which is a lot of how we start a lot of these distressed seller conversations. Hey, mm -hmm. we'd love to learn more about your situation. And, you know, just shut up and wait for them to like, you know, open up about it. Right. So uh, that is a big part of what we do. And it's that initial call qualification. We try to close through the appointment and then it's a nurturing game. That's another part of what we do for investors. Yes, you can get a lot of people off of that first call. It's, it's possible. Um, but if you want to have any kind of success in this business, uh, you know, particularly for investors, uh, you got to be willing to do that follow up. Right. You're not mm -hmm. going to close. It's not going to be a one call close uh, for these folks. It's a very, very specific kind of scenario. You're just trying to get enough information, get them to trust you, um, you know, and try and try and try to find an opening uh, to get either your, you know, it might be your, your, your asset manager, it might be, you know, the, your, whoever's doing deal flow, whoever's doing offers for your company, maybe it's mm -hmm. you as an investor, or you have a team, someone actually doing out there making, making offers for you. You want to get them in front of the house, in front of the owner as soon as possible, right? So mm -hmm. um, that's where that ISA comes in. And that's how investors I've seen uh, try to leverage them more. And we've had investors, you know, use other methods as well. Like for example, if you send out you know, you know, letters, mailers, um, you know, someone will have like a callback number on that form. So they want to have an ISA available, you know, eight, nine, 10 hours a day, just mm -hmm. there, ready to take that inbound call. Another method that has been really popular uh, the last year or so has been voiceless, uh, ring, sorry, ringless voicemails. So mm -hmm. some, some investors will do big campaigns. They'll hit, again, that list, starts with the list. They'll hit that list with a ringless voicemail. And then an ISA is there to kind of handle all the callbacks and people inquiring, right? So all of those things where you have a way to market to a list, an ISA can potentially help either with the initial outreach or qualifying, nurturing, and setting appointments, appointments with them on the back end. Sure. So can you talk a little bit about like the training that the ISA is going through? on your, through your uh, company? Like, oh, is there, good. is there like some uh, training that the, the real estate investor can expect or do they have to, like they're getting somebody from scratch and they have to do the training themselves? So we do train them on, a lot of these folks have call center experience. So they've worked, uh, you know, in tech support in sales, telemarketing, uh, you know, uh, a lot of them work for some big US companies, you know, all over the place. Um, so they have, uh, uh, they know how to use the phone, they know how to talk, they know how to carry themselves in the conversation. Mm -hmm. We teach them about real estate, right? Sure. What's a buyer, what's a seller, what's the investor process, uh, what is a motivated seller versus a regular seller. So we teach them the basics and we teach them a few scripts. Uh, for investing, uh, we teach them a lot about, you know, just doing cold calling prospecting, right? Just to, uh, you just call the phone book 
and try and find people that are thinking about selling their home. We don't go into specific scripts, like for example, you know, probates and that kind of thing. We do kind of wait until we have an investor client lined up, kind of go more into detail. So what I always tell folks that are starting with an ISA, the first 30 days are about ramping them up on your process and your specific uh, you know, lead generation method because every, uh, and, and with investors, at, it's very different one to the next, very different from real estate agents. Real estate agents essentially have like, you know, two or three scripts that they want you to do. Investors is a little, it's a little bit of a different animal. They're, they're much more customized. And I, I haven't been able to find two investors that do it exactly the same. Mm-hmm. No, one of the things that I noticed right off that you said something different than most uh, ISA groups that I've talked to is you mentioned nurture. Yeah. Where um, where you ask maybe a question of like where you're at or or what have you, and you, you're quiet and let that let the seller talk. Um, a lot of the companies that I'm familiar with actually follow a very very scripted formula. Where uh, you're absolutely right, it's it's more of a nurture environment. So how do you foster that type of mindset? Oh, I got you. No, yeah, that, that that's a good one. So I mean, we we try to do that. Um, you know, through practice, through teaching, you know, through, through, you know, role play, because that's a script as well. I mean, I'm not saying that's not a script. It is actually, it's a script. Uh, but the intention there is to approach, especially this is particularly for motivated sellers, right? The distressed right. seller. Um, we try to, when people are on campaigns like that, we do have to communicate to them that the person on the other end of that phone might be going through a lot right now. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. the kind of the last thing they want to do is be pitched to. The last thing they want to do is hear how you're going to solve their problems. It's, it's a very difficult situation to kind of stumble into. We try to tell them approach it with curiosity, approach it with empathy, and once you kind of hear them out and understand the situation, say, you know what, we might have some options for you. Right. I I would love to have you talk to one of my teammates to see what options we could offer you. That initial call, Jack, is not about pitching. It's not about mm. closing the deal. It's not about right. closing to the appointment even. It's all about, you know, figuring out where they're at. Uh, you know, and I love that question, the intro. You know, Jack, this is Gus. You know, I saw you clicked on our ad on Facebook. You know, I'd love to learn more about your situation. What is that about? Mm. And just, you know, just kind of letting them kind of roll from that. And, you know, m- more often than not, if you just kind of shut up and listen, uh, they will tell you a lot of it, right? Like right then and there, you know, if, if you approach it with, you know, just make be delicate about it, right? Um, mm-hmm. And it's all about asking questions. Okay, great. And what's that about? Oh, interesting. How long that? How long did that happen? How long ago did that, did that happen? Oh, interesting. Because you can see situations with divorce, uh, you know, bankruptcy, businesses failing, people getting sick. I mean, there's everything under the sun you can listen to. Um, at the end of the day, you're there to give them options and provide solutions to that problem. What specific solution is that? Well, that's not part, that's not the ISA's job, right? To tell them, hey, do this. No, the ISA is there to qualify, to understand, listen, you know, get all that information and hand it off uh, uh, to the team, to the investor, um, you know, to the, to, the, to the person making the offer. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about follow-up. It's all, you know, it's one of those necessities that real estate investors, we know we have to do. But it's also the bane of our existence because it's it's one of those things that's it's so hard for us to do. What systems do you have in place to help a real real estate investor do that type of thing? Yeah, so yeah, very very important part of the business. Very important part of the business. So number one thing that you need, uh, well, a lot of these lead sources they depend on speed. So we try number one thing is we try to make sure we make that initial connection because you can connect with a lot of people off that initial text message or that initial call. But you're right, the overwhelming majority, you're not gonna connect with right away. 
Um, and you, you have, have to have some kind of follow-up plan. So we have a follow-up plan. Depending on the lead source, we're going to have a specific follow-up plan. So, uh, and again, this ISA, this is, you know, it's not a, it's making the calls and following up is less of an issue for an ISA because that's their job. That's what they do, right? It's a little bit mm -hmm. different than investors or real estate agents or other folks where it's a part of what they do, not necessarily their favorite part, um, and they have to make time for it. For the ISA, it's different. This is exactly what they do. So the mindset approaching that activity is really, really different. But if I look at a realtor, an individual investor, there's an ISA role that you do in your business. You are the ISA, right? Before right. you can leverage or hire anyone or even outsource this activity, you're doing the activity, right? Mm. And to even be able to hire someone, you have to have some deal flow. You have to have deals coming in. You have to have deals closed to even consider leveraging out some of that, right? Because number one, you have to know how it works. You have to have done it yourself. Otherwise, how do you know uh, if anyone you're, you're, you're leveraging is doing it right? How are you going to correct them? How are you going to tell them this is how I want it to be done? So I recommend everyone has to hit the phone um, and, and understand what that situation is like, right? 100%. But you know, like I said, that's part of the ISA's role. And they follow up a plan and they have a tool. I mean, this is not something, they're not the super talented people. You know, they're good on the phone. We mm -hmm. put the systems in the, in the, around them to make them great, right? Which is a CRM. And at the end of the day, if you're doing any kind of you know, paid lead generation, you better have some kind of CRM system to keep track of those folks and keep track of your daily follow-ups, right? Mm -hmm. You're not following up with every lead every day. You're not. But once you get volume of leads, let's say you're generating 20, 30, 40 leads a month, conservative, not a huge amount. Well, come three months, you've got a couple hundred, you know, going to have a hundred, hundred plus people you're following up with, because guess what? Not all of them are going to pick up on the first time. Not all of them are going to pick up on the 10th time. We track this, Jack, right? Mm -hmm. For a cold, like Facebook lead coming in cold, it takes about 60 days and 14 touches to get the majority of them to talk to us, a 50% plus one, right? Mm -hmm. 60 days, 14 attempts to contact them. And we feel on average, this is across the whole US and Canada. Well, Canada's a little bit different. The whole US for investors, I wouldn't have any, I actually don't have any investors in Canada that we work with, so only, only US. Um, but for those investors, we know it's gonna take about 60 days to get the majority of them on the phone. Some people more, some people less, but that's the mindset we approach it with. Mm -hmm. 60 days, 14 touches, you're gonna be successful, kind of with whatever list you have, um, you know, if you really work it to that level. So anyone and everyone uh, should have some kind of plan and keep it organized within a CRM. It becomes very unmanageable very easily if you're just using Excel or you're using some other system. Um, I recommend whatever CRM, the one you're gonna use, whatever it is, uh, put people's names in there, set follow-up tasks, and just keep it organized that way. Sure. So your your team is pretty adaptive to if somebody is using Podio versus REI Blackbook versus whatever, they'll adapt to the workflow that the investor has available. Correct, right. There's a few CRMs that we have a little bit more experience with, like Podio, like, you know, or, or like a follow-up boss, you know, uh, uh, for real estate. There's a few that we have more expertise in. At the end of the day, we do teach the ISAs how to use a CRM in general, the system, right? Mm -hmm. This is how Podio does it. Another CRM will do it differently. But at the end of the day, you want to be able to classify people somehow, right? You prioritize right. them for A leads, your B leads, your C leads. And the systems call them differently. It can be smart lists. It can be tags. It can be whatever it is. Um, figure out a way to organize the CRM or at least discover how it is organized, right? Mm -hmm. And figure out who are the today tasks, the tomorrow tasks, you know, kind of so on and so forth. And for every CRM, you're always going to have a group of uncontacted leads, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have any information. You don't know if they're an A, B, or C. 
They're uncontacted. That's the swamp. That's the, you know, the big pile of uncontacted people. You got to hit that every day. That sure. pile is going to give you appointments. It's going to give you deals. But a lot of people discard that. But I mean, I'm, I'm not saying call that first, but I'm saying call it regularly because you will find people even the, un, the uncontacted list. Sure. No, that, that's awesome. So um, everybody's now probably thinking, of, th- there's probably two questions that come to mind. So because frankly, uh, you know, I used to work in a call center myself. There you go. A couple lifetimes ago. Um, <laughs> but, the, but I got the, the question on a daily basis, like where, where do you live or where are you calling from or where am I calling? What, how do you, where do you have your call centers and what, how do you typically handle the, those type of questions? Okay. No, and that's a great question because, you know, people can be curious about that, right? Mm-hmm. Are you calling from India? Are you calling from the U.S.? You're calling, like, where are you even located? So our call center is 100% virtual. Um, so we don't, we used to have like a big room where we had people in, um, but, you know, COVID, you know, changed things, right? So we mm-hmm. decided to go 100% virtual uh, and we recruit people uh, from all over the place. Uh, our company is based in Mexico. I'm based in Mexico, right? That's where I am right now. I love living down here. It's great. Um, you know, but I, I got my real estate license. I'm actually still licensed out of Washington state. Um, so I still do some deals up there remotely, right? I work mm-hmm. from home. I call it extreme working from home. That's that's because this is where I'm from. Right. Uh, and we recruit people from all over down here. We recruit people from Mexico. The common thread is we recruit people in places where you have a high concentration of native English speakers. Places like, and I'm not joking, Cancun, Puerto Vallarta. I mean, there's a lot of folks that speak really, really good English there. A lot of folks live in the U.S. or from the U.S. living in those areas. Mexico City, because that's just a massive city. And like you have tons of people from the U.S. there and all over the border area with the U.S. So we recruit people from all all over the country. Common third is native English and they're good at sales. That's Mm -hmm. if you have that and an Internet connection, you can work for our company. Sure. Well, that's that's interesting. No, unlike a lot of the other places that I've talked to, they're they're like spread over, you know, the Philippines and India, and you know, like you said, and uh, uh, I think there's probably some proximity to the United States that probably likely helps as well. You know. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Everyone in our company uh, grew up, lived, worked, studied in the U.S. You know, not like learned it on TV, and you know, not, I mean, like lived in. Places like Tennessee, California, Texas, Arizona, a lot of tendency towards the, the West and the Southwest for sure, because that's mm-hmm. really close to us. But you've got people in the company from, you know, the Carolinas, New York, up, you know, upstate New York, you know, other places, you know, all over the place. So you see a lot of accents, a lot of different, and we, we talked earlier about, hey, I'm actually really sensitive to accents now because, you know, it's interesting mm-hmm. to see, you can kind of tell where someone's been, right? Once you kind of listen to how they speak. So we have folks that have like a collection of accents uh, from all over the place. We're missing more Dakota and the Minnesota people. <laughs> uh, not many people up there. It's a problem. You know? <laughs> not too many of them come down here. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. No, in this part of the world, we have a lot of service-oriented jobs too, you know, um, and there's a lot of service centers in, in and around. I, I used to work in Microsoft in my, my previous life uh, as an engineer. No. We had a huge uh, call center and service center up in, in Fargo, actually. Fargo. Well, uh, yep, Fargo yep. yeah. well, we're an alum then. I used to work there as well. Oh, no way. That's yeah. Crazy. I didn't know we had that in common. Yeah. So um, everybody, this all sounds really great, you know, and, but there's always a cost involved. And I think the big question is, when does somebody know when they're ready to bring on an ISA? Oh, great, great question, Jack. So, number, like I said earlier, number one thing is 
ISA is a role. You are the ISA, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got to start doing this. There's no other way. Well, at least my experience, uh, there's no other way to get into it than just doing the work, making the calls, meeting with the owners, meeting with the sellers and kind of getting a feel for that, that role. Um, and because you have to have deal flow, you have to have income already coming in before you bring in someone, whether you bring someone in-house, whether you outsource it to a company like ours, you've got to have that cushion, that income, because and this is really important. You've, whoever you bring onto your team, you have to give 90 days to ramp up, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not talking about training. Uh, let's say they're ready to go within a couple of weeks or hitting the ground running. The, the income generating activities are going to give you income within a 90-day time frame, that's pretty standard in real estate. And now, mm-hmm. and now in my experience, it doesn't really change for investors. There is a, a, a time, you know, uh, from when you get a lead, when you, gener- when you start lead generating to when you get paid, 60 to 90 days is pretty typical. It's, and that's a fast turnaround, right? Quote, unquote, fast. So I tell folks, you got to have the budget for it. You have to have the patience for it. And, and, and you have to have that deal flow already coming in. So if you're in that situation where you can budget for an ISA, at least three months of budget, then I think you're in a position to start doing leverage lead generation, getting people onto your team and start growing. Because that, as you add people to your team, Jack, you got to multiply the deals. You got to mm-hmm. multiply the income. It has to have a multiplying effect. And, and in real estate, uh, you know, it's, it, you know, let's say, you know, I, I'm, I'm with Keller Williams. I'm, I'm a big believer in that system. Uh, the first, you know, administrative hire or, or leveraged hire should double your business, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, you know, a full-time person has to have an effect like that. And if they don't, well, you're either doing it wrong or you got the wrong person. That, that's the kind of mindset you have to have when you start adding people to your team. Sure. So you talked about for full-time person. Is there a way to just maybe share a resource with another investor or is it, is it uh, do you recommend having somebody on more of a full-time basis? Oh, a great question. Yeah. So, well, we offer folks that even on a part-time basis. And actually, a lot of investors start out that way because they they might not have huge lists, right, uh, of calls to do. They might have a huge amount of tasks. So, yeah, you, you are, in a sense, you are sharing someone, but we do, we handle the separation part, right? You just hire mm-hmm. someone part-time. Uh, and that's a great option. Uh, it just depends kind of what your, what your lead generation activity is and what kind of calling lists you have. But yeah, yeah, that's a great so, way to start. You know, so, how, how, how little... Uh, many hours can you have versus like maximum maximum out like max is 40 hours a week versus what yeah so i mean we start at 20 hours a week so part-time person 20 hours a week monday through friday um we have other you know uh we can do different hours but in general that's the standard plan that we offer the the best price plan is going to be you know part-time person uh, 20 hours a week and scale up from there i think our biggest investor that we had uh that we've had working with us was doing i think three or four isas full-time full-time isas because uh, they did a lot of outbound prospecting, like a lot of cold calling, boom, 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 boom. Um, so yeah, there, there was a lot of that. And you know, and, and, and in some of the bigger markets, there, there's sometimes the really big markets uh, with, and you have to make a lot of calls, like, like a Dallas Metroplex, Miami, New York City, Southern California area. Mm-hmm. So um, I think this is a, a mindset shift too for a lot of people, because when you're, when you're doing real estate investing, especially early on, I mean, you're a one-man show, to hand off some of this to somebody else and to trust somebody else to do something is kind of a mindset shift um, when it 100%. comes to, when it comes to that type of thing. But I think another big aspect of it is I think people have to be honest with themselves and realize what opportunities are missed because you don't have the time to do the follow up. And at a certain point, uh, this type of thing 
usually can pay for itself, especially when you're talking about doubling your business. Would you agree yeah. with that? A hundred percent. And you're right. You have to have that kind of growth mindset, right? You have to kind of get to that and realize uh, that any business that you're running, your ability to attract, hire, retain great people uh, is going to be the secret to your growth. And I, I think that pretty much applies to pretty much any business. Um, you know, investors, it's the same thing, right? You are a business owner. You're a small, you might be a, a business owner of one uh, and a team of one, uh, but your ability to bring people on and get them to do what you need to do and do a great job is the game, right? If you're able mm -hmm. to do that, um, you, you can have a lot of success. That is not an easy thing to do, right? So, you know, yeah, that, that's why companies like us, we're kind of like a, a, a bridge. You know, we trying to fill that need of, okay, well, we can help you take a little bit of that edge off and make it a little bit easier for you. Uh, uh, instead of retreating out in the wild, figuring these things out on your own, we try to help you uh, uh, scale that up uh, and do a little bit of a shortcut to get there and get a, a good person ready to go on your team. But that skill set is something you practice at. No one like, you know, at least not that I've met, and knows how to hire, train, retain great people off the mm -hmm. bat. You kind of do it. Uh, so, you know, if, if you're a, a solo investor, you know, uh, or even a, a solo real estate agent, same kind of issue, um, you got to start you know, uh, exercising that muscle, the talent attraction muscle, the talent training muscle, the, tra the talent leveraging muscle is you can figure out how to train that, how to, how to strengthen it like any other muscle you have. Um, that can be huge for you. Mm -hmm. So, well, I, and we're coming up to half an hour here now. Is there any question you wished I would have asked you here tonight? Uh, no, I think you got it. I think you got most of it. You know, I think that's a, it's, it's a great way. I think ISA is a great opportunity uh, for folks. I think they have to be in the right place in their business and they can get a ton out of it. So yeah, I, I appreciate the time, Jack. Yeah. No. So let's wrap up and, and, and summarize a couple things. And if you want to throw in a, a couple highlights yourself, please do so. But um, what I think is really interesting is one of the things you brought up is that your company not only does cold calling and frankly, uh, who really likes cold calling? You must have some pretty patient people there to do some cold calling. And that's becoming a very hot thing in our market. You know, some people will even bypass doing the yellow letters now and jump, do a skip trace and start cold calling uh, those people. It's becoming a really strong strategy. Uh, doing the Facebook, um, that's something that I will even say that we're really, myself, we're really weak in. We get a lot of people contacting us through Facebook and social media in general. Um, that follow-up routine isn't as polished as some of the other things that we do. Um, follow-up, follow-up, follow-up. I, I can't tell people enough how important it is to follow up. The, the fortune is in the follow-up, and we really, really got to get better at that. Um, and. I think it's really a great and strong indicator that you brought up. If you are bringing somebody on, it should likely double your business. And if it's not, that's probably when you should reconsider or make some tweaks. And three months uh, leeway there is probably a good indication of, of getting somebody ramped up and working in getting familiar with your process. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I think I know. I think you summarized it. I think you did a great job, Jack. Uh, all those things are really, really important. And you know, the funny thing for me is they apply to real estate as well. Like retail real estate, real estate agents have the exact same challenges as investors do because you're doing a version of that same work. You're trying to find uh, motivated sellers in the sense that they want to sell, maybe not the stress sellers. Uh, mm -hmm. But you're trying to get their attention, trying to follow up with them and close that deal. Hundred percent. Right. 
So outside of finding more information at powerisa.com, where else would they uh, reach out again? Um, and uh, Oh, yeah. Uh, F- Facebook is the best way to follow the conversation. I'm also very active on LinkedIn. So you can, you can try, uh, you know, uh, search it for my name. If that's too much of a, you know, a little, bit, little bit of a challenge, you can always search for Power ISA. I usually pop up. I have a pretty active Facebook group as well, 100% free to join. It's a Power ISA marketing mastermind group. Uh, again, just, just drop Power ISA uh, in the search bar. That should come up under groups. Uh, that's another way uh, to kind of continue the conversation, ask any questions. There's a really active uh, group of folks in there. We have real estate agents, we have marketers and investors in that group. So it's a great, great resource. So, well, I can't, you know, I can't thank you enough, Gus. This has been a great conversation. I think it really gave everybody a foundation of what ISA is and, and how they can maybe leverage it in their business. And I will make sure that all of your links and everything you suggested is in the show notes. So, uh, including your Facebook and LinkedIn and, and everything. So we'll uh, get everybody directed that way. But really appreciate it and hope we can do it again sometime. All right. Thanks a bunch. We've put a lot of effort into providing useful content. And if you found value in the show and have any interest in supporting us with a small donation, head over to patreon.com slash house dudes. And if you have any thoughts or questions, shoot us an email at info at housedudes.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at House Dudes. And if you like what you're hearing, head over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It really helps other investors out there find the show. And remember, massive positive impact requires massive positive action. We'll see you next time. This episode is brought to you by housedudes.com. Do you have time to actively manage flipping and rentals yourself? If so, go for it. If you live in a market that won't cash flow or don't have the time to do all the work, are you just out of luck? If there was a way to participate more passively, would that appeal to you? I'm sure you have questions about how the process works and what to do next. If that's the case, fill out the form on housedudes.com investors, and we'll reach out to see if you are a good fit for our business. This is first come first serve, and we will have to stop taking applications when our goals are met. See you at housedudes.com investors. tell a man what to do with his money but if you ain't investing in property then you're dumber than a dummy i'm not dumb i'm smart well buy property that's my advice